If you would turn to Luke chapter 24. And so we have made it this morning to 2021, and that reveals to us the definite sovereign plan of God in our lives. Uh, We are here today not because we were in control of anything, because the government was in control of anything, but we are here today because God is continuing to be on His throne and in control um, of our lives. And so for that, uh, I'm incredibly thankful for, and I know you are as well. And for us as a church, as we step into a new church year today, there are some things that should light our way as we think about 2021. They should guide our steps, they should shape our minds, and they should move us to embrace the potential for what lies ahead in 2021. Because 2021, let me just remind you, is already in His hands. He's actually already in 2050, if 2050 will come. And so our trust today is not in one who is confined by space, but he is one who is free from all of that. Time uh, doesn't constrict him at all. And none of us last year could have imagined uh, 2020 events, but it has come and it's went and it's made me fully aware that, guess what? I have good news this morning. 2021 could be very uncertain as well. We have no idea what is going to come around the corner. So it is a bit of a mystery right now as well. But I think the counsel would be to embrace every day. Regardless of what we don't know in, in, in the days ahead, let's embrace the day today. Let's embrace tomorrow if it comes as we embark. And, and, and just to be reminded to continue to walk with the one who took hold of us. If we know him and we have a relationship with him. Uh, He took a hold of me several decades ago in Waco, Texas, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. So there are certain things today that we should cling to when the way is unsure. And we're going to see in the text today um, those that were deeply connected to Christ. Everything had, had kind of fallen apart in a sense for them. There was an uncertainty in the days that they found themselves in when previously everything seemed certain. Such hope walking with Christ, and now he had died. And so today uh, we're going to see how does Jesus enter in days of uncertainty. And so uh, I will say this, though, before we read the text this morning. The days ahead are certain. Maybe not to us, but the days ahead are certain because of this reason. They are held by God. He is sovereign over them, and so while they may remain a mystery, we don't know what's around the corner. It was March last year where everything changed. We don't know what March holds. We don't know what April holds. We don't know five minutes from now what it holds. But we do know the one who holds it. And he's not panicked by anything. He is never surprised by anything, and he is sovereign over everything. And I want to remind us this morning Hebrews 1, verse 3, part C of that verse says this. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. So who's in control today? The one who speaks. The God who speaks is upholding the world. And so so I want to share some really key things this morning that I think should serve us as the new year begins and as we begin to walk through it. And it will be a familiar passage in Luke chapter 24. So this chapter reveals to us um, great days of uncertainty, great moments of uncertainty for, the, for those that have been deeply walking with Jesus in relationship with Him. And for everyone in the story we'll see today, things in the moment are uncertain until Jesus steps into the moment. And when He steps into the moment, there's clarity that is brought. And there are two things that emerge in Luke chapter 24 that we will see today. One is our response to the confusion of life that comes. Confusion of life will continue to come, so how will we respond to it? And if you are a believer, there is one certain thing that will come in the uncertain moments of our life and in the confusion moments. Christ will step in, He will give His presence, and His Word speaks. So He will give those two certain things In our moments of uncertainty, He gives His presence, 
and he gives his word as he steps into our confusion to bring clarity. And I can guarantee this, that in 2021, two things for every Christ follower in the room this morning will be true. He will give his presence to us this year. His presence abides in us. His presence is in us. And the second thing is that this will be a word-centered year. He will continue to speak. He has always spoken. His word speaks. So we're not going to get fresh words to be added to the end of the Bible. We have been given everything that we need in the speaking of God in the Scripture. And so I can guarantee us this morning that he's going to give his presence and his word will continue to speak and to give clarity in the midst of confusion. So let's look. Luke chapter 24, and we're going to read all of it, not now, but we're going to walk through the whole thing and going to point out some really key things. And so the first piece that I want us to see this morning is that we are to live life based on what we see in Luke chapter 24. We are to live this Christian life and do this life in the company of other Christ followers. This is critical. So there are three groups that we will see today. There's a group of women who are going to come to the tomb. There are two guys traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And then in Jerusalem will be the apostles gathered there, and we will encounter them. So look with me. We're going to look at four verses just for a moment in Luke 24. Look at verse 10. So Luke 24 unveils four instances where none of the followers of Jesus are alone. So 24.10. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. They had gone to the tomb. They had encountered Jesus. They had seen Jesus. They go back and they find the apostles. Luke 24, 12, it says that Peter ran to the tomb. Now it doesn't include this, but we know from John chapter 20 who also goes with Peter to the tomb. John does. So Luke just records Peter's running. But we know from John that John records that Peter and John went together to the tomb. Now look at verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village called, named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So not alone, but two people together. Look at verse 33 of Luke 24. And they, speaking of the two, rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And what did they find? They found the eleven and others that were with them gathered together. Now look at verse 50 through 53. And so Jesus says, led them, a group, out as far as Bethany, lifting up his hands. He blessed them, plural. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they, a group of people, worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And this group of people, verse 53 says, continually met in the temple, blessing God. So watch this. This is critical. As this new year begins, I think the council from Scripture in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and particularly here, in days of great certainty, don't live your life alone, separated from other believers. Live life in community. Now we know on the day of the resurrection, there was one follower of Jesus in the midst of the twelve who was all by himself. Anybody remember who he was? Starts with a T, Thomas. So Jesus appears in the upper room with this group of believers. The, The ten are there. Thomas is not there. He's one of the eleven that remain, but he's not there And Luke tells us that there's other people there. Thomas isn't present. Where was Thomas? We don't know where Thomas was. But Thomas was off by himself doing something. And so on the day of the resurrection, when Jesus appears in the room and communicates his heart and teaches to them, Thomas misses it all. And you know what he has to wait on? He has to wait eight more days, eight more days until Jesus comes again and steps into the room in the midst of everyone. So, and so in those eight days, here's what happened. Because he's off whatever it is that he was doing. I'm not saying he was being sinful. I'm just saying this. He was not present when Jesus showed up in the room. 
And because he wasn't gathered with the other believers, he had eight days going by where guess what increased for him? Doubt. Because he says it that night. I don't believe it. I don't believe you guys. Unless I touch his wounds, unless I see them, I won't believe. And so I think the encouragement this morning is this, is that Thomas is the only one who missed out on the first appearing and I want to just encourage us this morning to do not let time go by this year by being alone and being in isolation. Thomas missed out on a growing of confidence that first day. He missed out on the increasing of his faith. He missed out on worshiping Jesus. He missed out on the Bible study from Jesus. He missed out on community with Christ and, and the building of his faith. And I want to speak to two groups before we move on to the next point this morning as we begin 2021. And I want to lovingly call those of you maybe who've been away for a while to get back into the life of the church. I want to call you out of fear. I want to call you out of isolation and aloneness and lack of Christian connection. And I'm grateful that you're listening or watching today. But long term, that is not what you need. You need to be in a room with other believers. And if you're not ready to come back into the room, I want to encourage you, go to a life group. Go to, go to a setting. Get back into community. Because it's in community where we experience the fullness of Christ. And I love spending time alone with Christ. I love reading my Bible. But I love what we're doing this morning. I love what we do before church. I love what we do after church. I love being a part of, of being in a house or being here and being together with other believers. And so I want to encourage you to take a step and to get back in things. The second group I want to just say something briefly to is, is those in 2020 who've just popped in and out because of the fear or whatever the case may be, whatever it may be. I want to encourage you to come back. When you're in town, be here. You need it. We miss you. You miss out on this. I want to encourage you to be here. I want to encourage you on the days that you serve to serve and attend. Do both of those things. Those 12 to 15 extra hours this year to stay later after you serve, they will be totally worth it to be here together. I want to see you. I need to see you. It encourages and uplifts my faith. And together as we do this, we, we want to be together because that's the biblical teaching that's here. So the theme in Luke 24 that runs through it is that everybody that day, in the midst of their uncertainty, in the midst of their confusion, they were even confused when the women came back and were like, we, and they're like, we talked to Jesus and they're like what are you talking about and they had doubt when Jesus steps into the room we'll see in a little bit they are seeing him and the apostles are like they're just astounded they can't believe their eyes and so in the midst of uncertainty in the midst of confusion they were together so when Jesus pops out guess what they got to do instead of talking about this by themselves in their own head and seeming strange talking to yourself they were able to talk with other people. They were able to process this together so that they could come to an understanding. So I just want to encourage us as 2021 begins, do your Christian life. I need to do my Christian life connected to you. You connected to me and we connected with one another. And I think another thing that's really important is found now in verse 1. Let's just read some of the text. 24 verse 1. So Jesus has died, he's been put in the tomb. So Luke 24, 1, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, this is the women, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, two angels. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. This is critical. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee 
that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them to be an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose, and he ran to the tomb, and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Here's the second thing that I think this year is going to hold for us. We need to draw near to Jesus in the moments of our confusion and even in the moments of our lack of faith. Now, two things I want to point out in what we just read there. Did you notice what verse 6 says? He is not here, but is risen. Remember, he's been telling you that he was going to rise again. And then it says in verse 8, and they remembered his words. Now, I want you to notice what the women do. Sometime during the weekend after Jesus has been taken down from the cross, he's been buried, this group of women talk together. So it was either on Saturday or it was Friday night. Um, but they talked together and they made a plan. And the plan was this, let's get some spices, let's go to the tomb, and we will anoint Jesus' body with the spices. So they make a plan, they get the spices together, they carry them there. I think their heart is broken, not clearly thinking. I think women think really clear. I want to affirm women this morning. You think really clear, but they're not thinking real clear here. There's a big stone that's been rolled in front of this tomb, and they hadn't thought through how in the world are we going to get the stone moved so that we can get in to the body of Jesus and anoint it with these spices. Now, I want you to notice this. They are carrying things with them that is totally unnecessary. He has been telling them on the third day, he's not going to be in a tomb. He's going to be risen. He's been telling them. The scripture says there that the women remembered the words, Jesus. They had been around with the apostles when he had been telling them, I'm going to die and on the third day I'm going to rise again. And so one of the things I want to encourage us this morning in regard to looking at 2021 is let's not carry things in our lives that are totally unnecessary. They did not need to come to the tomb that day with spices. If they would have trusted in Jesus' words, they would have made a plan that weekend not to go touch his body. They would have made a plan as soon as the Sabbath is over, as soon as that Sunday morning is there, we're getting up and we're running to the tomb because he told us he wasn't going to be there. But they're confused in the midst of the moment and what is happening and taking place. And so Jesus had told them, and so they go. And so what do you and I, this, as this year begins, need to stop caring that is totally unnecessary? How about childhood hurts? Wounds that still, even as we are adults, remain there. What about past sin guilt? Is it time to leave that behind? What about fear? Fear has been a dominant theme in 2020. Do we need to leave fear in 2020 and to come back to a place of faith? Do we need to leave regret behind? I don't, I don't know what it is for each and every one of us, but the women carried things with them that day that were keeping them from exercising faith in remembering the words of Jesus. Leave those things behind us. But I also want to say this as well, that I want to commend them. That even in the midst of their confusion, guess who they wanted to be near? Jesus. So they come to the tomb, not remembering his words, but they come to the tomb bringing things that are unnecessary because he's not going to be there that they can anoint his body. But because even in their confusion, their lack of remembering his words, because they come, guess what? they do end up seeing Jesus. So here's what I want to encourage us to do. This will happen this year. It happens in our lives to every single one of us. There are moments when we don't understand life. We don't understand what's come. There is confusion. There is doubt even in our faith when there used to be strong faith. And I would encourage you, because this is what happens 
when we struggle, when we wrestle with things, what do we most often do? We withdraw and we isolate. And I want to encourage us this year, in the midst of our confusion of not remembering things, I want to encourage us to come. Because being in the room and listening to the preaching of God's Word, being in community, connection with one another, it will help remind us weekly of where we need to be, even though we're not where we want to be and where we need to be. And you know what ends up happening with these women? They come not remembering Jesus' words. They come in the midst of confusion. They come bringing things that are unnecessary, but they come regardless in the midst of that. And guess what ends up happening? They see the risen Christ. So come. Draw near in the midst of our doubt. Draw near in the midst of our confusion. She did not, we just get the the picture, they didn't come expecting to see Jesus, but they did. And I think sometimes in our lives, we're at those moments and, and we don't know what to do, but the, the encouragement is, come. And then God will speak. There may be a special moment. And we all know this if you've been walking with the Lord for a while. There will be a moment that we're not expecting when He reveals truth or reveals something unique and it transforms the moment and changes our lives. Isolating, staying away. They would not have seen the risen Jesus if they hadn't come that day. So the encouragement is, don't isolate, don't remove, don't stay disconnected to Christian community, be connected to Christian community, come with others, be here, and then God will do something. Sometimes our life life overwhelms, it's confusing, depression sets in, whatever the case may be, and I just encourage us to draw near, be patient as you wrestle with stuff. Everybody wrestles. Be honest with God and be honest with others. And be in a place, draw near to Jesus, even in the midst of the moments that we don't fully understand. Here's the third thing. Walk with others and talk about Jesus. So look with me in verse 13. So that very day, again, two guys walking together, not isolated, not alone. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you were holding with each other as you walked? And they stood still looking sad. And then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And yes, and besides all this, here's a new wrinkle. It's now the third day since these things happened. And moreover, some some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So let me just stop here. I think one of the critical things as we begin to think about 2021, in midst of still a world that's very uncertain, is walk with others and talk about Jesus. So these guys are walking away from Jerusalem. They have experienced Friday night when Christ is on the cross. They have been huddled together with everyone else wondering what's going to come of our life. Jesus has been telling us. Now they were there on that Sunday morning when the women come back and tell the story that He's not there anymore. He's gone. Two angels appeared to us and talked to us. We know from John that he revealed himself to the women. And so these two guys are walking away. Watch, in still the midst of what? Confusion. Not understanding everything. 
Listen, if you think today you've got it all down, this understanding of Christianity and faith, you don't. We spend a lifetime trying to understand this. And there's moments when we wrestle with stuff that we didn't think we might ever wrestle with again. And so here are these two guys trying to process it, but they're processing it together, not alone. Processing it, thinking about what's happening. And every one of us needs a Jesus discussion friend. Every single one of us. And so here are these two guys. They know Jesus They know the apostles. They know the women who went to the tomb. They are in the in group, in community with one another. They've got the information, and they are talking about it. And so they're discussing it, trying to come to a place of understanding what was going on in their midst. And I love what it says here, that as they were talking about Jesus, you know what he did? You know where he comes He comes to places where people really want to know and understand. And on that day, again, I want you to watch this. This this has always amazed me. And I bang my head because I just still don't understand it this morning. On the most significant day in the history of the world, on the day that he rose from the grave, he's just walking along the road and here's two guys talking about him and he just joins them. He could have invented TVs that day, by the way, and just broadcast things loudspeakers. He could have invented electricity. But he just joins two guys talking about him as they're headed to a city seven miles away. And he walks with these two guys on the greatest day in the history of of redemptive history. And he walks with two guys. Don't miss the personal nature of Jesus. Don't miss the tenderness of Jesus. Don't miss the desire of Jesus to not be grand God so big where he just simply joins two guys wrestling, trying to understand things. Jesus joins the brokenhearted and walks with them to speak clarity into the midst of their confusion. And I tell you, these men are sad. It tells us there in verse 17 that this guy, Cleopas, he just, he looked sad. It was clear, Luke writes, what his countenance was. And he's shocked in verse 18 that Jesus has no clue about Jesus. He has no idea Jesus has hidden himself from them. And he has, they have no clue that Jesus has just joined them. And they are shocked and surprised that Jesus has no idea of current events. Do you know what sometimes Christ will do in our lives? He's not dumb, but he will allow us to wrestle with some things and to hide some things to bring us to the great moment where there's a more full revelation and a deeper understanding with things. And so these guys, it's hidden from them for a little bit. But then he's going to reveal that they are in literally his presence. And I love 19 through 24. I think Jesus is having some fun drawing out of their heart where they are, what they're wrestling with, and drawing out where Cleopas is confused. And we're going to come back to 20, 24, 25 through 27 in a moment. But for now, I just want to notice, I want us to notice this, that Jesus joins the journey and he listens to the content of our hearts. He's interested. So I encourage you as well, just as the women didn't fully understand and they bring unnecessary things to the tomb, here's two guys walking away from Jerusalem, heading to Emmaus. They don't fully understand things, but they are talking about it. They are in community together trying to figure this out. Let's look at the next thing. Look at verse 28. We're going to come back to 25 through 27, so let's skip to 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and Jesus, this is funny to me, funny, he acted like he was going to go further. So he's traveled with these guys. They get to Emmaus, and he's just like, okay, day of resurrection, I'm just going to continue walking down the road, and I'm going to go by myself. They're like, no, 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 no. So he acted like he was going further, but they urged him, 29, strongly saying, stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, 
he took the bread and he blessed and broke it and he gave it to them and the eye and their eyes were open and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight and they said to one another did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road while he opened to us the scriptures here's the fourth thing that i think is critical this year we need to set ourselves place ourselves in places where our eyes can be opened and that our hearts will burn in regard to the truth. Place ourselves in a setting to where we will allow the Word of God to open our eyes and to transform our hearts. I believe this gives us a unique picture of what we call sanctification, our growing in godliness, our becoming more and more like Christ. So they plead with him to stay. And again, I think this is amazing that he's pretending like he's going to go on further. But look at this. The risen, eternal, sovereign, creator, son of God goes into a hotel to eat with two guys on the day of the resurrection. Please, again, see the greatness of the personal nature of Jesus. Just going to go sit at a table with two guys. And if you and I think He has no time for us, you are sadly mistaken. He knows where we are. He knows what there. He is what's in there. He's walking with us. And He wants you, to, you and I to sit down with Him. And so as they sit down with Him, He takes the bread. He blesses it. And we kind of get the idea that they may have been in the upper room when He instituted the Lord's Supper. They recognized what he did. They took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And again, I've said this through the years. I think this is not a fair moment that he just disappears. He's been hidden from their eyes this whole time. And now he, their, their hearts have, have burned and been alive. And, and, and now he, he opens their eyes and they see, we've been with the Lord today. And he just disappears from their eyes let me give us four quick things here about sanctification that i think are important one is this is christ's presence with us on the road of life and speaking to us is absolutely critical for our development of our faith he is with us and he will join us secondly sanctification is about continued movement in the life of christ Sanctification is a growing. They say here, while he talked with us on the road, they are walking with Jesus. He's talking with them. They are talking with them. Christianity is not a static life. It's not a stay-in-place life, but it's a life of movement. Remember some of the words the Scripture paints about our faith? Walk, die to self, run the race, Pursue, flee, deny, eat, drink, carry your cross, carry the burdens of others. Sanctification involves just what we see here. Walking with Jesus and letting the words of Jesus as we walk through life fall fall upon us. Thirdly, sanctification is the presence of Jesus and the words of Jesus continually awakening our heart to him so it's a continued awakening of the heart to the words of jesus they say this phrase did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us there's been some places and times in my life and probably yours as well we've been at a place and and it just seems in that moment christ is powerfully speaking and the heart moves, and, it, and, it, and it's alive in the moment, and you just know His presence is there, and He's speaking through the power of His Word, and, and it just moves us. And I believe that the heart never is moved by the words of Christ to joy, or to conviction, or to worship, or to love, or to more obedience, then that life is either not born again, or that heart has been captured by the things of the world because when the heart is connected to Christ it burns and and God's word brings this transformation and what they lacked in understanding that day Jesus gave them how 
by telling them the truth of the Scripture, of all the prophecies, and of all the things in the Old Testament. And lastly, I'm going to be a broken record this morning. We do this together, journeying together. Not isolated, but doing this together. It is practiced in community, sanctification is. Sitting down at the table, sitting down here at the church, having life group, going to eat with others and talking, texting, calling, emailing. So this year it's critical for us to set ourselves in places for our eyes to be open and our hearts to burn. Well, these two guys, as soon as they realize it's the Lord, there's another great lesson that we learn. They've got to tell somebody. They've walked seven miles with Jesus. Him talking, probably likely stopping along the way. Can you imagine how passionate, excited Jesus was on that day to reveal the Old Testament Scriptures to these two guys? So probably they stopped along the way. Who knows how long this seven-mile journey took. It's nighttime. They can't hold it in. So look what happens in 33 through 35. And they rose the very same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And then they told what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The fifth thing I want to just point out this morning is this, is that the missional life, once we see the greatness of Christ and we have experienced that and our hearts have been, have been burned and awakened to the truth, what is our response now? We want others to know. So we've got to go tell. We've got to go tell that, that I've been with Christ so here it is, nighttime, and it says that very same hour, they must have had a little bit of discussion. What do we do? Do we, do we rest tonight? You know, we've come into this hostile hotel, and then we can get up in the morning, and we can go back, and their hearts were so burning that they couldn't wait, and they go back to seven miles. And they've been living in community with this group of people, and they know exactly where they're hiding out in Jerusalem. And they get back that night, and I don't know if people are asleep, if they're still up trying to process this, but they step into the room and they say this, I've got to tell you this. We've seen Jesus. We have been with the Lord all day today. We're going to get back to this at Life Point this year. COVID kind of unfortunately dictated much of the direction of our missional work this year. You couldn't travel anywhere and all that. But that's not going to be our path in 2021. We're going to take some trips. We're going we're to go whatever that looks like. We're not going to let COVID dictate our mission. So that's locally. Us sharing with people that we work with, that we live with. It also means that as a church, we're going to go. We're trying to go to Asia in April. We're taking the students on a mission trip during spring break. We're going to go again. We're going to get back to this because it's critical. See, when the heart is awakened, you and I will be willing to go with the message. And I want to share something with us this morning in this point. Uh, this past week, there was a, we had, did a, a video conference that was here that took place in Louisville. We were going to take our students to it, but COVID kind of ruined that, and so we came up here. And one of the things that's, that God has been doing in two of the, two of the young women in, in our church is he has been preparing them over the last several years to go and, and to embrace a call to overseas missions. And so at the very end of this, there was a call for people to stand up. And, and I just want to inform you that one of the things God's doing in the midst of our church right now is he's calling people to go to cross-cultural missions. And so Karis Verlander and my daughter Haven, um, both are, feel called to go do that. And so I wanted to let you know of that this morning so that as a church, as we do community together, that you will pray for them as they continue to get ready. Karis in high school, Haven studying at Moody Bible in Chicago, as they continue through the years to get ready to take the gospel. Now this is for all of us, not just for them. 
But that's something this week that they, in this room, they stood up just to say, this is what God has called us that we will be doing in the days ahead. You see, the missional life is just simple. It's to go and tell. And that's locally, it's nationally, and it's globally. Well, look at 36 through 43. So the guys walk seven miles back, run seven miles back. I don't know where Jesus was during that seven-mile journey, but he's somewhere. But he appears in the upper room. Look at 36. So as they were talking about these things, that's the two guys from Emmaus are telling the others about this. Jesus himself stood among them, and he said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, He said to them, have you anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate before them. Here's the next thing I just want to see, and we're going to briefly touch on this. One of the things we missed out on, I think, last year, if we weren't careful, I'm not saying everybody missed out on it, and that's the peace of Christ that calms our anxiousness. They're anxious. They're hearing the words, not not only that earlier that day, they heard the words of the women. We've seen the Lord. Now they've got two guys who are part of their group, have been gone, and now they've come back and are like, we've spent all afternoon with Jesus. And I'm telling you, we saw him. It was revealed to us when he broke the bread. We were with him, and he disappeared. And as they're communicating to this, in the midst of their excitement, their anxiousness, their confusion, Christ steps into the room. And as he steps into the room, it says this, that it didn't fix everything immediately. It says this, that they're startled, they're frightened, they thought that they're seeing things, and doubt arose in some of their hearts, even though he's right there. So Jesus speaks right into their midst, And he says, why are you troubled? He calls them, look at this, he calls them to examine unhealthy, unsettling things that are in their heart. They know Jesus. There he is. They see he's there. And they're wrestling in their minds that this is too much to comprehend. And I think it is sometimes way too much to comprehend. Because I think what we know is the most amazing reality that can be known in this world. This sovereign, perfect, eternal God laid His life down for people like you and I. And this grace is is astounding. It's hard to comprehend the greatness of what has come to us. And their hearts are unsettled. They're trying to convince themselves this can't be true. And I just want to say in the room this morning, it is true. God came. And he laid his life down, and he loves you and I, and he wants to speak to calm our anxiousness and the doubt that rests in our hearts. Listen, church, COVID fear, media hyping COVID fear, politicians using COVID are not going to stop in 2021. So what do we got to do? Do we live underneath that or do we rise above it? And I think the scripture would say, live wisely, but live in faith. Trust him. And he steps into their midst and calls them to examine the unhealthy and unsettling nature of what was going on in their hearts. And secondly, he calls them to see, watch this, the evidence of the cross. You, you see this? You see the evidence that I died? And do you see the evidence that I am alive? I died and I am alive. Look. 
And I think one of the things that is so critical for us in the midst of our doubts is to remember the cross. If you sense this morning, I'm not loved by God. God doesn't have a plan for me. I just want to call you back to remember the cross. God has a purpose for our lives. He's got a plan for the lives. And right there in the upper room, he calls them to see the evidence of the cross. And thirdly, he calls them to come near and touch, examine. How do we do that? Well, we don't get to, we don't get to touch him right now. He's, he's not here, but we get to examine through the scripture and understand this. Now I want to go back to 25 and 27, and, and then we're going to read 44 through 47 as we finish up. Go back to 25. So he's walking with the two guys. And they're telling him their story and their understanding. And so Jesus said to them in 25, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself i tell you what i don't know if there's been a better afternoon than that one those guys may have experienced the most unique thing in the history of the world on the greatest day in history redemptive history jesus joins two guys and he opens up the entire old testament in a seven mile journey and says this is who the christ is And quit doubting. Believe what the scripture has to say about who he is. So he does it with those two. Go to 44 now through 47. So now he's with in the upper room. By the way, guess who's also in the upper room? Those two guys. So they're telling the apostles, we've been with him today. Jesus appears. They're there. Can you imagine the joy that must have been with those two guys. He disappears from them, and now he appears in the midst of where they are again. And so 44 says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. So here's what I want to just say is, in this point is this, is we must, as 2021 begins, live gospel-centered lives that are shaped by the Scripture. See the truth of Jesus in the Scripture. And Jesus shares with us here, by the way, what he considers to be the most important thing to be done on planet Earth. On the greatest day of redemptive history, the work of salvation has been completed. He has died. He has risen. And he spends the day helping people understand what? The Scriptures. This is in line with the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? Go. Proclaim as people believe, baptize them. And with these baptized believers, you teach them all the words, teach them to obey. So what Jesus does on the day of the resurrection is exactly in line with the Great Commission. And so we live gospel-shaped lives. So let's finish this up. 48, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power on high. As 2021 has begun, I just want to call us to remember that we are clothed from on high. If God does a work this year in our lives, it's not because we have, this is taught today everywhere. We have mentally visualized it and we speak it into being we speak nothing into being by the way 
but we have been clothed with power from on high by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as we yield to Christ and we yield to the Father and we yield to the Spirit, they will work God kind of power in the midst. So remember this year, nothing has more power than God. And God resides in His people. And so we have been clothed with power from on high. And lastly, how do we respond to all this? What's going to be our practice moving forward? Well, it's exactly what we see in 50 through 53. He led them out as far as Bethany. And lifting up his hands, Jesus blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them. He was lifted off the ground and he was carried into heaven. And here's their response to the ascended Lord. They worshipped him. And then they went back to town. Went back to Jerusalem. And with, watch, with great joy. Not great sadness, great fear. With great joy, they continually met together in the temple, blessing and worshiping and exalting God. This is how we are to live our lives, gather and celebrate the ascended Jesus, who, by the way, is coming again for his people. So we wait patiently. We pursue him. We gather. We bless him. We exalt him. And I believe we need a Luke 24 year. We need these things to just guide us, move us, shape us into the days ahead. Would you agree? We're desperate for this. We need to be done with last year. We can't go back to anything that we decided last year. We can't go back to anything. But what we can do is in this moment say, I'm going to live like this in the midst of my doubt, in the midst of my confusion. I'm going to pursue. And in the midst of my confusion, he speaks and he brings clarity. And as he brings clarity, my faith is shaped. My heart is awakened. It burns within me. And I become more and more like him. And I want to gather with his people to exalt him and to bless him and to be a pursuer of him. So let's have a Luke 24 year as this year begins. Let's pray.